What is up, all of my beautiful, amazing people? Welcome back to another episode of FML Talk. I am freaking stoked because today we have Miss Kelsey Pummel on the podcast. Her story is powerful, intense, at times hard to listen to and believe, and so freaking strong. Um, I discovered her first on TikTok and getting to sit down and do this interview. She is so much more than meets the eye. So sit back, grab a drink, and welcome to FML Talk. Oh my god. Wait, how old was the other girl? 19. Can you believe that shit? Hey, this is Gabrielle Stone. Good book. I did not in chapter 16. <gasps> he did what? 48 hours? What a dick. Yeah, but have you seen all the photos on her Instagram? And this is FML Talk. Oh no, she didn't. Okay, you guys, I want to be sure to make everybody aware that there is a big trigger warning in this episode. I feel like we've been doing a lot of episodes that have been touching on some different trigger warnings, but there is a trigger warning for this episode of domestic violence. We really hear some gnarly things that Kelsey has dealt with and has had to deal with in her past relationship. And even listening back to this episode to proof it, because we recorded it. Um, over a month ago, it was really kind of shocking for me to re-listen to it. And Tay was in the other room and I kept hearing him be like, oh my God. And it it was really hard to hear what this woman endured. Um, so I want to make everybody super aware it's going to be an intense episode. And before we jump in with Kelsey, I want to reflect on a few things that we end up talking about in this episode. Her ex was obviously a narcissist, um, unfortunately a a physically abusive one, but was definitely a narcissist. And in, in the episode, we talk about how she decided to finally take her power back from him. And it started with how to communicate not letting the person get under your skin, not responding to everything, not engaging, because that's essentially what they want. Um, You know, she was talking about the fact that whenever you are trying to leave the grasp of an abuser, you have to disengage with them. And I think that's so important for people to hear, whether you're in an abusive relationship or if it's just a narcissistic relationship or it's an emotionally abusive or any type of dynamic that is toxic and not healthy for you. The best way is to really communicate properly. And that's, again, not letting what they say affect you and not letting them show you that it's affecting you and not engaging with them because it genuinely takes their power away. And that's all that they're after is that seeking of the power, that high of getting the reaction and response from you. So when they don't get that, it totally takes all of their ammo away. I remember when I was going through the first couple days after I handed Daniel divorce papers and I started getting these texts from him that were really just shitty. Like they would start out with, you know, oh, I see you took our bed. I'll be getting that back in the process of this divorce and like don't think that you can just take things from me and you know you're not going to get a dime out of any of this which I didn't haha um but you know he would send me these sometimes borderline threatening and really narcissistic gnarly text messages and I just wouldn't respond I would screenshot them and send them directly to my lawyer 
and that was it. Um, I would never engage with him. I had nothing left to say to him. And there, that's what he wanted. That's why he continued reaching out and continued to text me. Even when, you know, all the social media bullshit happened a few months back, it started with that initial DM that I got from him at 2 a.m. And because I chose to ignore that and to not engage and not give him what he was seeking, he chose to go find that power high somewhere else. The other thing I want to talk about before we jump into the interview with Kelsey is not staying with someone who is less than what you deserve. Not staying with someone who is treating you less than what you deserve. And she said something that was so profound in this interview, and that was victims of abuse and this is any kind of abuse, physical, emotional, stay because leaving is scarier than staying. And that person won't choose to leave until staying becomes scarier than leaving. And that hit me so hard in so many different ways because I know so many people that stay in relationships that are so much less than what they deserve – And it can be on such a lesser scale than being in physical danger. It can be because you don't think that you'll find someone better or you don't think that the grass is greener on the other side or you don't think that you actually do deserve so much fucking more than what this person is giving you. So if you take something away from this episode, I hope that you can take away the strength to know that you need to always, in your friendships, in your relationships, in your family dynamics, demand the respect and the love and the care that you deserve. You need to demand the love and respect and the care that you give to others. You deserve to be filled up by the people that you are filling up. And if you are listening to this and your inner voice is going, oh, yeah, but like I, I don't know if I really deserve this or and your, your inner subconscious is screaming at you, then I urge you to go inward and see what in you is feeling and creating the feelings that you are not worthy and that you don't deserve everything. Because... Until you realize that and reconcile that within yourself and you know that you deserve all the things, you're not going to be able to attract someone who is going to give you that. It starts with you, guys. You have to take care of the shit on the inside before you can start attracting and manifesting and creating all the awesome shit that you want in your life. And that goes for relationships, that goes for jobs, financial fucking everything. It all starts within you. Okay. (laughs) I will stop preaching at you now. Um, I can't wait for you guys to hear this interview. Buckle up. It's it's a doozy. Here we go. Miss Kelsey, holy shit, girl. Welcome to FML Talk. Hi. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited that you're finally here. I feel like I know you um, from all of your TikTok videos and from just like being in social media world with you. Um, How's it going, girl? How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Things have been interesting lately, but overall, I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Um, I you have such an interesting story, and I want to kind of like 
go back to the beginning so that people really like get a a picture of where you come from and like your crazy relationship story. So kind of take me back to that um that first relationship, you know, that that kind of like defined where your life was going. Um so I started dating my child's father when I was 21. Um and I was not in a good place like mentally. So or emotionally. I was young. I didn't love myself. I so I accepted the bare minimum if I even got that sometimes. Uh, it was very, very manipulating the entire relationship, very emotionally abusive and mentally abusive, but it didn't get physical until about four years in. And so I was already long gone by the time it got physical and I was accepting of that behavior because I thought I loved him or that it was love. Um, I also didn't know what love was at all prior to, I had never been loved properly. Obviously I was a child. Um, so I accepted that when it was just me, I thought I had to kind of put myself up as like his sacrificial lamb, almost in a sense, like, um, to save him, I had to be his doormat or whatever the case may be. Cause that was love. If I loved him, I had to take whatever it, whatever he was doing and deal with it. And that's what I was told too. So I believed it. And that's what I did for the longest time until I had Kobe. Um, mm-hmm. my sweet baby, <laughs> Kobe saved my life. Um, so when Kobe was born, I was pretty miserable still in the relationship. Um, when, well, before she was born, let's say about five months, he had already cheated on me multiple times while I was pregnant. Um, Ugh. but the things that he had said to me at five months, uh, were pretty bad. Like I was told, I don't know what words I can use on here. Oh, this is FML. Talk, okay. though. You can drop any words you want. <laughs> My kind of show. Uh, so I was told um, he couldn't wait. I, basically, he had cheated on me. And so I, I didn't want to be with him anymore. And he, he had told me he couldn't wait for Kobe to grow up so he could teach her what a cunt her mother was. Um, and all these oh terrible God. things. And he, he was already telling me things he was going to do to use my daughter against me and things he was going to say to her and tell her, no matter how untrue they were, he was almost anticipating and excited for that. And I, that's when I started, it was, I remember the moment like it was yesterday and I was sitting outside my business crying on the phone with him. And I remember I didn't like him anymore. I didn't like him. I still loved him, but I didn't like him. And I knew like, I knew that was my mind preparing my heart for what would eventually need to happen. Um, I did leave him for a couple months and then he ended up coming back and I let him come back because I was pregnant and I was scared and I didn't want to do it alone. So I let him come back. He cheated on me more. I, I, when I was nine months pregnant, I received pictures of him in bed naked with a girl from the, from the girl, no, from the girl's baby daddy who accidentally walked in the wrong night too. (gasps) Oh my God. Yeah. And the, the guy happened to recognize him and knew who I was. So he ended up messaging me all these pictures. And I mean, I remember I not caring at all. He walked in the house and I remember being like, looks like you had a good night. And I, I legitimately didn't feel anything anymore. Summer is here and life is not slowing down for us anytime soon. One of the things we have continuously relied on making our lives so much easier is factor meals. No prep, no mess, no cleanup meals. I have really been off the wagon with my eating since having my son, and for my health, my wellness, and my mental sanity, I have been switching my dinners to more healthy options from factor. 
They have 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, so I never get bored. And Tay is continuously shocked every time he sits down to eat one because they are so freaking tasty. They have breakfast, lunches, dinners, and desserts. It's a treat to have restaurant-quality food that is so easy to prepare and doesn't come with the insane Postmates bill. Head to factormeals.com slash FMLtalk50 and use code FMLtalk50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code FMLtalk50 at factormeals.com slash FMLtalk50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Enjoy, FMLers. Um. Wow. When I had Kobe, he was great for about five days, really showed up for five days, but then he had to work. And the fact that he had to work to pay, I, my rent was like $1,400 and I was having him pay me 500 a month. That's it. Mm -hmm. I took care of everything else. I blew through my savings during my maternity leave, uh, but I took care of everything and I would just ask him to pay $500 a month to help me with the rent. And that was miserable for him that he had to actually work and give me money but he used all my money so uh, yeah I don't I don't know working the fact that he had to work a nine-to-five he blamed it on me and blamed it on Kobe which is weird because I'm like well you have to have a job (laughs) yeah and you have to support your child that you chose to have at this point this man is 30 years old and was complaining about having a nine-to-five job so I'm like I don't want to tell you my guy but there was one time he went and he got the money and he only got like half of it, but he came and he just threw $250 in my face while I'm breastfeeding Kobe. Like just for what? I don't know. But so like I, and I took all of it for a minute and I wanted to leave, but I didn't know how yet. I had started putting like, yeah. I knew I had my support system. I'm very lucky in that sense because some people don't have anybody. Um, I'm very lucky. I never lost a single friend during this relationship. Sometimes they, they distance themselves, but the moment I reached out, they were always there. And I had a very strong support system. Um, but it got violent when Kobe was eight weeks old. So I was laying in bed breastfeeding her. It was like 6 37 AM. Um, and he gets up, I have a four bedroom house. I have a whole workout room. <laughs> I have mm-hmm. a loft. It's a pretty large house. Um, he was working out in the bedroom, started blaring music, working out in the bedroom. I start breastfeeding her. I'm like, can you just go to any other room? Any other room. Yeah. We're trying to sleep. Like I'm still exhausted from birth, dang near. Yeah. Um, and he was like, maybe you should get your lazy fat ass up and you wouldn't look like such a whale. Stop it. At 7 a.m. And I was like, I don't need to work out at 7 a.m. I'm breastfeeding my child. We are sleeping. And he was like, why don't you just go take her to the couch? It's <laughs> like... No. Oh, yeah. My God. And First of all, for people that can't see what Kelsey looks like, she's the ti- she's like the size of my leg. So like the fact that like giving after giving birth to a fucking human, anyone could have the audacity to call you a whale is ridiculous. I did have some birth weight, but it was a little rude. But, <laughs> but you're supposed to. Like, hello, I just carried a fucking right. human. And in, and the doctor says you're not supposed to work out yet. So, but yeah, it was anything. I don't know. I, I don't know why. I don't know how to make sense of the things he did or said. I, I don't think you can. Um, I think, I mean, I fully believe he has narcissistic personality disorder with sociopathic tendencies. And I've said that now for years and he's still 
I mean, we, I will get into that. He's still doing the same thing. He's 33 now, decade long of the same behavior, not changing. But um, so I wouldn't get up and leave. And I was told multiple times to shut the fuck up. So I did. I said, fine. And I, I mean, I was just staring at Kobe. I was pressed, like I was holding her and I was just staring at her. And I was just taking everything he was saying. I wasn't saying anything back. So then I started getting yelled at for not saying anything back. Why are you ignoring me? Why aren't you listening? So oh, now you want to play this game? And so he took my fan and he threw it across the room and smashed it on the wall. And I still just lock, locking eyes with Kobe, not moving, not saying anything. Because when I was pregnant, he, had, he did choke me when I was pregnant. And I remember sitting there like, just don't move, don't say anything, just take it and that will protect your baby. And so I was doing the same thing. If I don't move, if I don't say anything, he won't do anything and she'll be safe. Well, then because I wasn't, it escalated. He came over, he punched me in the face and he choked me and I'm still holding her. And he picked me up off the bed, choking me. I got away. I had scratches on my arms and all over my neck. I got away to the other end of the bed, but he came over and he was ripped Kobe from my arms. And I'll never forget watching her head fall backwards like that. And I couldn't do anything. And I never felt so help. Never felt so helpless. And how, how old was she at that time? She was eight weeks old. So that was oh it. Oh, my God. Yeah, that was, that was it for me. So I called his parents because he stormed out after. I called his parents, you know, come get his stuff. Because If you don't come get his stuff, I'm calling the police, and they'll get his stuff and him. And at this yeah. point, I still hadn't made it to the point where I called the police to make a report. I had never reported any of the times he had ever put his hands on me. Um but they came and got his stuff and I, you know, he came back and he was throwing my dresser drawers everywhere, like right past me as I'm holding Kobe, just throwing dresser drawers, taking his stuff, how much I'm going to regret this. I'll never find someone like him. And in my head, I'm like, oh, well, I don't think it was in my head. I think I said back, I was like, that's the point. <laughs> Get right. Out. And then, so his mom's looking at me like, stop talking. You're only making it worse. And I'm like, stop condoning this behavior. This is why we're here. So as we let this man do whatever he wants, and nobody right. holds him accountable. Finally, I got him out. I was doing really well for, uh, it was like a month, and then Father's Day came, and he wanted her, and I let them take her for the day, and then we started working together, and I was like, okay, every other weekend, we'll do this. I filed for sole custody and full physical. Luckily, he had a warrant out for his arrest already from beating up a girl the year before that he cheated on me with, who told me, so he beat her oh, up. Oh, my God. It gets worse. Yeah. So he already had a warrant out for his arrest. So I won everything because he couldn't step into a courtroom. I'm not going to say that was, I mean, I did it. It was very opportunistic. I'm not, I knew what I was doing, but I, I did it for my daughter. It was necessary right. that I have all legal say. Like, he's just not a, yeah. he's insane. Um, but I won't not admit that I knew he couldn't fight me. And I used yeah. it. <laughs> As you should have. That, that's what I said. The universe aligned that perfectly for me. And I I heard the message and I ran with it. Um, but things were a little better with us, like communication-wise for Kobe. And then when she was five months old, it was his birthday. And he had asked me to go. That was the the conversation that I put on uh, yeah, yeah, the TikTok yeah. I did of yours. So he was asking <laughs> me to go to dinner. And I was like, you can have Kobe an extra day. And I, I learned how once... I took all of the power back. And one, one way of doing that was how I communicate with him. I didn't let him get under my skin anymore. I didn't let the things he said affect me. I, didn't, I knew I didn't have to respond to everything. I needed one message and one message only and it needed to be about Kobe. 
And as long as I kept it consistent about Kobe and did the repetitive messages, mm -hmm. he, could, he lost control. But that drove him insane. So those messages, um, like I did on my TikTok, where I just kept saying, if you would like Kobe an extra day for your birthday, you're more than welcome to have her. I will not be going to dinner. Um, mm -hmm. It drove him nuts. It ended up starting a really intense, scary conversation between us that was a lot more than that one. I can only fit so much into 60 seconds. There's a lot more. Yeah. I wasn't responding to most, um, but it was all the threats. He turned off his phone, drove to my house, parked about like a half a mile away from my house, came to my house with a crowbar and was just beating the side of my house. So then I did call the cops. Obviously at this point, I'm, I call the cops. I see him run in, my, in front of my house out to his car uh, in the outfit I had bought him the Christmas before. So I was like, I know that was you. What are you doing? <laughs> so I immediately I call the cops. They can't do anything because he's not there. Mm -hmm. And he didn't actually force entry in. So then I emailed my attorney and I was like, I want a protective order. We need to get me a protective order. And I was like, I don't know if I can do anything. So even he like had like messaged later and was like, I don't know what you're talking about. You can't prove that I was there just because you think you saw me doesn't mean you did. So I'm talking to my attorney. He was like, if you saw him, that holds up at court. That's not hearsay. Those were your eyes. You saw him. Right. So I was like, oh, okay, let's go. And so I was withholding Kobe at that point. So I'm like, you're not getting my child. If you're going to be crazy and show up at crowbars, we'll go back to court. So that started our long journey that was still going, um, custody stuff. Um, he ended up, we ended up agreeing eventually every other weekend again, as long as, you know, he didn't beat up women. Well, then he got put in jail for beating up another woman. Oh my God. He's been to jail now four times. She's three. He's been in jail four times for beating up women since. And those are just the four he got caught. So there's multiple stories <sighs> of him beating up, especially one girl. Uh, but she just didn't call the police. I did go in and I testified to every single time he ever put his hands on me after. Mm -hmm. So they are now on record and he is no longer, he's not allowed to own a weapon in the state of Indiana because he used them on me. Um, so I got that all done and I've won everything so far. We were doing better this last time. I think he had gone 10 months <laughs> seeing her every other weekend, building a relationship again. That's the sucky part is he comes yeah. back long enough to build a relationship and then he's gone again. And so he right. just got arrested in September for felony three charges. So like pre-murder, strangulation, confinement. Oh my God, which girl. It's, I was showing like one of my friends an attorney. So she got me the whole police report and I'm reading it and I was like, oh, this is child's play. He did this to me so many times, but it's felony three charges. I didn't realize then the type of yeah. like, what he was really committing back then but the sad thing is is with domestic stuff if the girl doesn't show up to testify he gets off without even a slap on the wrist oh my god okay there's so much to fucking unpack here <laughs> i <laughs> i'm like just sitting here with my mouth on the floor um so when was it let's back up when was it that you realized in the relationship that things weren't good like how early on was it was it before you guys got pregnant Oh yeah, it was way before. I was. It was probably. I think the worst, one of the main times, two thousand. I want to say two thousand thirteen, two thousand fourteen. So in two thousand thirteen is when he started hitting me, and at one point he had punched me so bad and so hard in my thigh so many times. My entire thigh was black when I woke up the next morning, like just black from the bottom of my bottom 
all the way down to my kneecap and my and then past my kneecap and it took about six months to heal um that's when things were probably the worst and that's when i started self-harming because it was like i didn't understand how someone could treat me like this and i still loved them and i didn't know how to leave and i felt just stuck i quit my job i was in probably the worst mental and emotional place I've ever been in my life. And I didn't know how to fix it or get out. And it was still three years later and I had still endured it and endured it and endured it. And I, even when, and I would reach out to my support system during it and they were always there for me. That's another thing. Like I'd call my dad, he'd drive down an hour and a half like that. Like there was no questions asked. My mom would do whatever she could. No questions asked. All my friends. Um, there are many times my one of my friends, Renee, had to meet him and dang near an alley, and she was terrified, but she did it to protect me. Uh, all of them did. And even when they were like, you got to leave, you got to leave, and I wouldn't, they'd be like, she's not going to leave until she leaves. There's nothing we can yeah. do except be there for her. And I'm, I was so blessed because they're all still in my life. They're all still my best friends um, and my family. But, uh, yeah, like – there were many times I should have left. It, it was a long, long process. Abuse is never easy to leave. And that's what I yeah. tell people. And it's and it's like a trauma bond. Yes. You know, you're you're addicted to that high when it is okay. So that yeah. then you you almost manip- manipulate your own mind to thinking that it's somehow gonna be okay and it's somehow yeah. gonna get better if and I can you'll just get, get back to those good thing. times. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. yeah. And I tell people with abuse, like, you don't leave, like, you stay, victims of abuse stay because leaving is scarier than staying. But yep. you don't leave until leaving becomes, or staying becomes scarier than leaving. And that's what happened when I had Kobe, is at that point, staying was scarier because it was her life now that was at risk. It wasn't just mine. And I realized in that moment how much I didn't truly care about myself or love myself because I was willing to risk my entire life because I was too scared to leave. And I realized I was not really willing to risk hers, that I was going to figure out how to get out for her. So you guys then get pregnant and how – how are some of the ways when he was cheating that you found out other than the ridiculous fact that the baby daddy sent you pictures when you were nine months pregnant? Like I can't even imagine. So that was just a random girl that he met that night. So there's always been one girl that when we were dating that he was always cheating on me with. Um, She was very open about it. So I'd usually find out either from something on social media or she would say something. Or if I ever posted something, she'd be like, that's why he was with me last night. And I'd get those messages or whatever. But when I was pregnant, it's the first time ever that he just disappeared for days and he did it twice. And he was actually in another state with like, he was in like in Ohio or something, which is right next to Indiana, but like with her. And then when he would get back, he, she had messaged me multiple times that I look stupid having this man's child, like basically telling me I should have gotten an abortion. I look stupid having this man's child because he's actually with her and he doesn't let like all the, I mean, just, and she might have some things going on with her too. She's still one of the people that keeps, he, she was, so he went, he might've gone five times to jail. Actually, It was either four or five, two or three of them were the same girl. And she's been getting beat up by him probably for eight years now. The girl he was cheating on you with that was sending the messages. Yes. And that's been a constant thing. And I mean, even one time her family reached out, her mom reached out. Like, so it was never, it, it was something I should have known was happening. It was never going to end, but he always had some story. Like he either, 
she did this and that. And so then he accidentally, you know, put his hands on her because of what she was doing. And now he Mm -hmm. has to keep her happy. Otherwise he'll go to jail. It was always something that was like, if I don't talk to her, there's a reason that he, I couldn't say anything on social media or he couldn't not talk to her right. it was to protect himself. And I needed to protect him if I truly loved him. It was always some manipulative story that was construed to make me Bullshit. think. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Unreal. So when you look back at the past with him, are you able to say like, because obviously this is a terrible human. Like I have no shame in saying that. Yep. Um, if you, if you put your hands on, any woman, but yeah, yeah, much less multiple women and like one that is holding your newborn child. I mean, that's the worst of the worst for me. Um, but like, is there something you can look at and see, okay, this is where all of those problems stem from in his life? Like, was there something in his childhood? Was it the way he was raised? Like, what is it? That's the crazy part. Like, and if me as the person I am, I love diving into like, the human mind and the psyche and trying to figure it out. And it is beyond me. His mother and his father are two amazing people. They are still in our lives. Like, oh, sorry, I hit it. Kobe sees them. They'll come over to the house to see her. They are very involved. They are the kindest humans. They love me. I still have a very great relationship with them. They, I mean, the mom, very enabling. And so with narcissism, that is one thing is that when the mother is very enabling, I can breed it almost, uh, but it usually mm-hmm. takes more. Now, he acts like his childhood was just the most traumatic, horrible thing in the world, but all that happened is his parents got a divorce. Now, I can understand the trauma of that. I had it too. Didn't lead me to go beating up people and all this, Like, but I don't know what the human mind can do in other people, but no. He had a relatively great childhood. He was a basketball player and was pretty good and pretty well known, and that could have helped because that entitlement. Right. That he would get I from mean, it. it's attention. For me, you know, like I've dealt with massive amounts of trauma growing up, but for me it's like that's that's not an excuse. No. You know, your trauma right. and what you go through in life isn't an excuse. It's a it can be a you know a, a telling aspect of it, but you're not ever allowed to make it right. an excuse for right. any of your actions moving right. forward. Like right. it's your responsibility to heal it and work through it and become better from it. Right. I mean, how many people have gotten fucking, you know, parents have gotten divorces. Like my dad dropped dead and like I didn't become a psychopath. It's right. like it's not an excuse. You can't no, not at all. So you're pregnant, all of this bullshit's happening, he's cheating on you, which I can't even imagine finding out multiple times in that volatile of a way while you're pregnant and all of your hormones are probably out of fucking whack. So then you have the baby. It's okay for five days. Um, but the fact that he was able to put his hands on you while you were holding an infant, not holding an infant, holding his infant. Um, I mean, I cannot even imagine what must have been going through his mind to get that angry to cross a line like that. Right. I don't either. And he'll, he'll constantly blame alcohol. But I was like, bro, it was 7 a.m. You were sober. Like, right. And we had to testify. And I was like, yeah, he might have been drunk 40% of the times he put his hands on me. But he claims it was every single time he told the judge, I beat up women because I'm alcoholic. And the judge was like, that's the stupidest thing I ever heard. 
Thank you, judge. Yeah, I know. My, the judge is great in Indiana. <laughs> then, like, bro, she's stop like, drinking. Like, right. what? That's what she said. She was like, then if you want to be a father to this little girl, you need to stop drinking and stop going around these particular women that you tend to enjoy beating up. But then now we're right. noticing it's not just that that particular girl. It's not just me. It's any girl he's involved with. So the last one was someone apparently he's been in a relationship with for the last year. But he's still messing with other women. I've heard that he's with four women. I get messages all the time. They're like, so many women think they're Kobe's stepmom. And I'm like. <laughs> oh, my God. I cannot. Yikes. And he's still oh on dating God. apps. I get messages all the time from girls that are like, this is him, isn't it? Or once I realized this was him, I was like, um, no. And I'm like, you have a girlfriend. Like, swipe the other way. Swipe the other way. <laughs> and they'll, they'll, it's so funny. I'll get messages and some girls will call him right out. Oh, I didn't realize. Because they'll see his social media and he has pictures of mm-hmm. Kobe. So, like, I didn't realize uh, that's who you were. I know what you do. I know what kind of man you right. are. Blo- I'm going to go ahead and unmatch. And he'll block him on everything like that. Unreal. Oh, my God. But okay, I get him so all does he still does he still see Kobe? So, he, so, in our last agreement before he beat this last girl up, um, it said that any more violent arrests, he would just automatically go to supervised visitations for two hours a week or eight hours a month total. Um, so, it took him... He just started those last month. This was in mm-hmm. September. He got arrested. And I was, I told him, you built this bond with your daughter. I don't like you. Oh, because he called me and said, I really need your support during this time. I said, oh, fuck off. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, 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 no. I was like, I, you, love you. I said, you better hope that te- the court doesn't call me to testify because I will be testifying on her behalf. Like, no, no, no. Right. You're not going to get my support yeah. with this. I said, but as um, I'm Kobe's mother, you just spent all of this time building this bond with her. I will support the fact that I, you can't, you can't just disappear again. And I was like, she has an iPad, FaceTime her whenever you want. Go set up your supervision so that she's seeing you. So you're not just in and out. That's going to mess with her mind. She's not going to understand it. Yeah, no, because I wouldn't support the fact that he beat up a woman. He refused to call her. He would not FaceTime her. He would not set up a supervision. He was not a present for months. Until I called his mom and I said, listen, I have, I think at that time, I was like, I have almost a million followers on TikTok. I swear I will air it all out. (laughs) I will put his government name. I'll put it all. I said, you better make sure that he, sorry, we have children. That's okay. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) So I was like, he needs to be in her life. He built this bond. And then I realized, why am I begging for this? I could, I could teach her one day what happened. I can, do, I can do what I need to do. I don't need him. But I did scare his mom, I think, a little bit with that. So she went and got the supervision set up. Um, he still doesn't call her. His mom does, but his mom and dad were already coming over once a week to see her. And they were already FaceTiming and calling her. Um, but now she got the supervision set up. So now he does see her. I think right now it's every other week for four hours because we come to... Okay. South Carolina a lot um, and we're most likely going to be moving here in June and so that the only the good thing is you know he can't fight me for custody yeah. the court's never going to give right. him any custody so we will get to move it's just figuring out the timeline but he's also I talked to his mom they're not gonna fight they're gonna sign the papers and let us come here and build the family good. we deserve and luckily I mean he she has cousins here so his mom's kind of excited to come visit here. But, yeah, it's weird because he has a great family. <laughs> like, right. That makes it so much worse. Yeah. It, <laughs> like mentally, like you think like it has to be a good person then. But Does yeah. Kobe 
ask, you know, about him and like where he yeah. is? Does she is she old enough to realize like that's my dad and he's not here? Yes. Yeah, so she does know who her dad is. She does understand these. Numbers. It's it was really it was hard to watch the first few months because so she would do things like I would watch her and play and that's one way I know in like my profession how I learn what's going on in a child's mind a lot of times is I just silently watch and observe them playing and so mm -hmm. I don't I don't know I try very hard not to speak poorly about him in front of her to anybody or to where she can hear now with kids sometimes you don't know if they're listening in other rooms right. you don't even realize so I don't know what all she's heard but I know at the beginning I would watch her play and she there was one time she had the Ken doll hitting the Barbie doll and then she was like oh you have to go to jail because you're not allowed to hit women men who hit women go to jail and she put Ken in jail for hitting women and she was wow. like and now you can't talk to your family and I was like oh <gasps> I was like oh my gosh but she she won't talk a ton with me about it she'll say she's fine mm. she says she doesn't want to talk to him because um, I've caught her before she has an iPad. She loves taking pictures of people on her iPad when she's with them. So she has a bunch of pictures from when she was over there every other weekend. Yeah. And so she'll often scroll all the way back and she'll talk to the pictures with her dad in them. She'll have a conversation and then she'll exit out. And I remember the first time I saw her do it, I was like, what are you doing? She was like, oh, I'll show you. And she pulled the same picture of him up. And she was like, and I just talked to him like this. And then I exit out. And I was like, do you want to call him? She was like, no. And I was like, honey, I can I can get him to call you. I said, I, I can get him on the phone. And at that point, I'm like determined. Like, if you had talked to him, I would right. get him on the phone. And she was like, I already said what I needed to say. I don't need to talk to him. And I was oh like, okay. Yeah. And I was like, do you miss him? She was like, nope. I said what I needed to say. I don't want to talk to him. And how old is she? Three. What an advanced fucking child. I mean, like, if we could just pull up a picture and say what we needed to say, do you know how much easier our goddamn okay. lives would be? <laughs> right. She handled and she's at the point, too, where it's like, if, if I tell her we're going to go see her dad at, like, supervision, she's like, oh, yay, this is fun. Let's go do it. She gets all excited. And then if I tell her, like, oh, we don't get to see him this week, she's like, oh, okay, and moves on. Like, she, it's just kind of, wow. she's okay if she does. She's okay if she doesn't. It really doesn't affect her. The hardest parts of it right now are they bring toys to the supervision, obviously, to play. I mean, they're there for, like, yeah. four hours to, to play. She doesn't get to take all those toys every time home. And so uh. that's that's the biggest struggle right now that she's facing is she doesn't get to take toys. She gets some of them. They always bring some to let her take because I told them outside. I was like, right. you can't do that. <laughs> You're killing this child with this. <laughs> so they bring them oh, now. Oh, my God. But, like, I'm like, if that's the hardest part right now, that's great. But she doesn't talk yeah. talk with me about them. If, if she does talk, she talks about her family. And then she mm. won't just talk about him. She has to talk about everybody. It's, it's interesting. She's like, yeah, I have a mom and a dad. But I also have. I have a, a Nona and a Nana and a Nini and a Grandpa and a Grandpa. And she has right. to list everyone. But she does talk about them with other people. So I'm not sure what that is. But I know with Sage, who helps me with her, it's like my cousin. Um, it's like her big sister almost to her. Mm -hmm. um, she does talk about him to her. Uh, a lot of times she'll just say stuff like, oh, yeah, my dad taught me how to do that. Or, yeah, my dad bought me that once. Things like that, like randomly bringing him up but not really. Right conversation she just brings them up but she doesn't do that with me well she's still she's still so young too. yeah yeah she's very advanced for her age i mean she really is she speaks like she's six she speaks like she's ah. 36 some days I'm like how <laughs> where'd you learn that 
And she's the the beautiful product of a biracial relationship. How has that been? Um, have you had any? Because I know you talk about it on TikTok a little bit, like that there's been people that have thrown hate in that department, which is it's like, guys, we're in fucking 2021. And right. like, your child is so beautiful. Like, I I wish I had a biracial child. Okay. Like, they're <laughs> some of the most gorgeous humans I've ever seen. Absolutely. Um, but tell me some of the stories that, that you've faced around that. So I get a lot of comments calling her a half-breed, which I'm like, Unbelievable. who even says that anywhere? Yeah. Um, I've got a comment just the other day. I chose to ignore it. <laughs> I was like, I'm tired with all the race stuff going on right now in this world. I was like, I, I'm just tired. But I got a comment the other day. It was like, yeah, you you just look like, or now we know how you got a black child. You just look like someone like that or something like that. And I was like, what does that mean? What, what does that even mean? Right. <laughs> they constantly are like people or trolls. I don't know what we call them anymore. Or, I mean, I get that a lot. Like, you just look like, or I don't, that's why you have a black. Now we know why you have a black daughter or something. I'm like, okay. Unbelievable. It's like... <laughs> but it's weird stuff it, like that. You would think in the climate of the world that we're living in today that people would be more used to seeing biracial relationships and that like, it's like the fact that we can't normalize that in 2021 and not throw any sort of hate at a fucking right. child who is three years old and beautiful is unbelievable to me. And I mean, it's, it's hurt people who say hurt things like they, a lot of people hate seeing me happy. And mm -hmm. so anything that might be able to derive that people love to do because seeing, seeing somebody happy to a hurt person, for some reason, it's, it's miserable. It's hard yeah. for them. Um, and instead of working on them, they have to throw hate and they have to project their insecurities and their pain onto other people because misery loves company. Uh, yep. But I and I, I've always said with this platform, I was like, if, if this happened to me when I was younger, I no way in heck, hell, heck. <laughs> I said it right the first time and still messed it up. <laughs> I love it. Uh, would I be able to have gotten through it? Like all of the hate that gets thrown constantly in my way. I was like, there's no way I would have broke so long ago. Um, so I'm like so thankful that the universe knew not to give me this platform till now because I'm still learning how to use it effectively. I'm still learning how to because I have to be perfect. You know, like yeah. I, I can't step a toe out of line. I can't make a mistake. If I do, it is immediately caught and used. And now I'm like, now I get why some celebrities literally lose their mind. And I'm not even a celebrity. Right. No. Yeah. I mean, I've I've watched it happen on on TikTok and on your page and on my For You page that women are waiting yes. to see you mess up to the point where they go into your lives and will screen record it. Because if you fuck up, they want to have it to make a video about it for either, you know, drama purposes, clout, whatever you want to call it, um, which is exhausting. Yeah. Who has the time? Well, it's also terrifying to me because at this point I'm like, I, anything I say could be taken wrong. Because a lot of the things that I have said, whether right or wrong, were taken out of context. They were misconstrued. Mm -hmm. They were taken and whatever whatever they were taken as, like I've been more than willing to apologize to anyone I've hurt, more than willing to accept what I've done, but the intent was never bad. And there are bad people yeah. in this world that we could all, I will 
stand next to everyone in this, every good person in this world and go after the bad people. But I'm like, stop making me bad. I messed up. I'm human. And what I did, I didn't mean in a negative way. If whatever was, you know, the multiple things that have happened, <laughs> I'm like, they weren't negative. My intent was good. It sucks that it was taken that way. It sucks that things have been taken out of context. And it hurts my heart that I would ever be, uh, it hurts my heart that anyone could think I'm a bad person in any way. That hurts at night. But at the end of the day, I know who I am. I know what my heart is. I know how my heart is. And I know my soul. And so why would I let someone who doesn't know me at all define who I am? If, they're, yeah. if they want to make pages about me, it defines more about them and their time. Oh, right. Fucking A, girl. But you've also been through so much trauma, like physical, mental, emotional trauma, that it's amazing that you are the way that you are. Like, if anyone had, you know, the excuse to be like, well, I fuck up sometimes. Like, it's you, girl. <laughs> like, so the fact that you've now created this platform and are like empowering other women to you know come together and support each other and to just fucking have fun like yeah. and be light in this world like this world has so much darkness in it that we need to like come together and be that light to kind of overpower that yep and i'm still gonna keep doing that <laughs> you're like they can't stop me i'm not stopping i'm gonna still keep showing up no matter how much people want to make me the bad guy i'm gonna keep showing up because i know at the end of the day i know i've at least helped one person yeah and that's all well, a lot a lot more than one Let's but that's all i really um, needed <laughs> for real um and you are now in a really happy healthy relationship right i am yes and your man looks freakishly like uh, one of my favorite doctors on Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> I do. <laughs> I mean, like, it's uncanny. I know. That's why I'm here. <laughs> I love it. It's my I Jackson it. Avery. And, and y'all met on TikTok? Yeah. Oh, my God. He actually had a crush on me it. over the summer. So there was a video I did where I walk out of my mom's house, and I'm in a green bikini. And it says, like, when the family disappointments show up to the party and I, like, have a white uh -huh, claw and I uh -huh. smash it on my head. And he said, that was the moment. That's what he knew. <laughs> <laughs> and then That's my woman. <laughs> we didn't talk. Like, he never actually talked to me or reached out to me. I think he followed me at that point, but I didn't know who he was. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and uh, once I got out of my relationship, people kept tagging him on my stuff. And I would hear it. Or someone told me he was in his live talking about how beautiful I was. So I eventually, yeah, I eventually followed him back and he made a TikTok about it because apparently it took like six months to follow him back. I love it. it TikTok, the matchmaking really community. Was. I cannot. He still took three weeks to reach out to me. After I followed him, there's a whole video about me. And he still took like three weeks to say, I was like, excuse me, sir, I'm confused. <laughs> this isn't normal behavior. <laughs> Are you going to talk to me? I love it. I love it. He's awesome. Girl, I'm so glad that you're happy and thriving. Can you tell everybody where they can follow your badass self on social media, please? Yes, you can follow me at Perfectly Kelsey, and that's across all of my accounts. So TikTok, Instagram, um, that's all I have. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, there are no more. Never mind. <laughs> Yes. Thank you so much for coming on FML Talk and sharing your insanely amazing story. Um, some really powerful stuff, and I'm so glad that you and Kobe are so happy and thriving, girl. Thank you. It was so nice. Thank you for having me. <laughs> You're so welcome. Whew. I told you guys at the top of the show it was going to be an intense interview. Um, I want to thank Kelsey 
so much for coming on and sharing her truth and her trauma and how it has not defined her, but given her this voice that she is now helping other women connect and find their voices. It's just a really beautiful thing to watch. Um, As I mentioned, we recorded this a few months ago, and since then, her uh, old TikTok page has been shut down and canceled. So her new handle is canceled with Kelsey and canceled is with AK. So go check her out and follow her. I think she is just a firecracker ball of light in this world. We are also going to put some resources for domestic violence in the show notes for everyone to check out if that's something that you might need. Okay, it is about that time. We are going to jump into your FML stories. Here we go. Hey, Gabrielle, this is Melanie, and this is my FML story. It all started January 12, 2018, when my ex-husband told me he was in love with another woman. We had been together 18 years, married for 15 years, and have two beautiful sons. This woman just happened to be 18 years younger than us, and he said he didn't cheat on me, and that she was a virgin. And then we find out, oh, guess what? She has a kid. Okay, sure she's a virgin. Anyway, after all of that and my stupidity of believing everything he told me, I still wanted to work things out and I was willing to forgive him. And I begged him, let's go to counseling. Let's work things out. And he says, I know you want to work things out. But obviously he didn't. I was even so desperate and I'm humiliated to say this, but I told him I was willing to share him. And he yelled at me and said, you had me for 18 years. Don't be selfish. Well, my heart just broke a little bit more. And from that point on, finally realized, I don't know if this is ever gonna work out. I was still hoping, I still had hope. But by June of that year, we officially decided, okay, we're done. Uh, We still lived together, however, we still acted like a family. And then that summer, I find out he's been bragging at his work to his classes, how he had this woman and me and uh and that i'm okay with it and we're like best friends and on and on and on and then when i confronted him because i found this out he flat out denied it no i would never do any of that i can honestly tell you i would never do that well i just found out i'd been lied to and i don't know how many times i've been lied to so then he proceeded you know throughout the next you know so many months he went on a few trips he went to toronto he went to edmonton and then he made a solo trip to China. Well, he didn't go to China alone. She was there. In fact, that's where she's actually from. That's her home country is China. And he went there for three weeks to go and be with her. Uh, Came home and said he was not with her. He was there alone on a solo trip. Needless to say, I didn't believe him. (laughs) He'd already lied every time he went somewhere. He said he wasn't with anyone, but he was always with her. Um, and there's so much more to this than I can than I have time to tell you. But I finally moved out. Uh, we have 50-50 custody of our kids. It's really hard sharing, but I mean, you got to do what you got to do. Officially divorced in January 2020, and uh, I am in a much better place. And I realize I have survived a narcissist, a liar, a cheater. You name it, he's it. And uh, and thankfully, my boys are amazing. And I'm happy to have found you, Gabrielle. Thank you. Uh, I love your book. 
and uh, I'm still healing and uh, there's so much more to this story than you know and I just don't have the time to say it. Thank you for everything. Bye-bye. Ugh, girl, I so feel for you. The gaslighting. I mean, we've done an episode on narcissism. I feel like we could do an entire episode on gaslighting and examples and what that is. And I feel like so many times people don't know the verbiage of, you know, necessarily what a narcissist is, what gaslighting is. So when it's happening to people, they don't know how to recognize and spot it. And then they get out of this manipulative relationship and this toxic dynamic and they look back on it and they're like, oh, yeah, like that's exactly, I was being gaslit. That's exactly what that means. And it's just wild to me that people have it in them to do that to another human and have convinced themselves that it's okay and that it's not wrong. Um, I think we also need to find a nar- like an open narcissist to come on the show and discuss the inner workings of their mind. But I am so glad that you are out of that and starting to heal. And I want to say congratulations on your divorce because that is just a shitty ending to a beautiful new beginning for you. All right, here's story number two. Hey girl, this is Raquel, and this is my story how I found out my ex-husband was cheating on me. I met her at my husband's work Christmas party. She worked in the same place as him, they're all policemen, and he was her boss. She was there with her husband at the time. She got close to me during the party and told me about her, her abusive husband, how crazy he was. Her husband had then come onto the dance floor at the time and said, you know, it's time to come home. She freaked out and went to the bathroom. And I, being an empath, went after her. She then revealed that her husband was going to kill her, the kids, and himself. She was just hysterical. So I was worried about the kids. And at this point, I've realized her husband had left the party. Uh, My husband and I were at the party for a while with her. And... We were just trying to decide what to do, and so I decided, well, let's bring her home to our house. Once we took her home, I had a gut feeling that something was wrong. It just was off. A few weeks later, I got an anonymous phone call that my husband was cheating on me with the same woman I brought into our home that night. From that point on, my husband would pick small arguments with me, and I felt him just drifting. Eventually, he filed for divorce in June 2015, about six months after her husband had filed the end of December of that year, 2014. And it was a battle between my husband and me. Finally, in 2019, we're officially divorced. I'm finally fucking free. And I know I am making way better memories with my girls. Damn, girl, that sounds like a fucking movie. I mean, it doesn't even sound real. I can't imagine what that must have been like to feel empathy towards this person and welcome her into your home and think that you were doing something good and have it backfire in your face like that to realize that that's who your husband was cheating with. Um, That's like next level manipulative betrayal. Um, And I'm so sorry. And I'm so glad that you're on the other side of it, living your best life with your girls now. So I'm sending you lots of love. Okay, you guys, I have a little bit of sad news. This officially 
wraps up season one of FML Talk. So to prep for season two, which don't worry is coming and it's going to be fucking amazing, um, we are going to take a three-week hiatus. I will miss you all terribly um, because I love connecting with you every week, but we are going to take a few weeks to revamp, reorganize, and get ready to come back to hang out with you for season two. So definitely make sure you are connected with us on Instagram at FML Talk Podcast. You guys can go back and binge any of the episodes that were your favorite that are still up. I know my new listeners are still trying to catch up, so this will give you time to do so. And if you have an FML story that you want to submit for season two, all you need to do is record it on a voice note the same way that you guys are hearing them all on the show and email them in to Chiquita Miami. Miami productions at gmail.com. While we are on break, if you want to get any of the new merch that is now officially back in stock, yay, you can grab it on the website as well as your signed copies of the book, which is eatprayfml.com. I cannot wait to see you guys back here in a few weeks. We have some incredible guests coming up and we're going to dive in deep with some more solo podcasts. Until then, y'all, have a self-love cocktail. Keep doing those fucking thought onions. And I love you so much. I will see you in a few short weeks. Cheers, guys. Welcome to As a Woman, Fertility Hormones and Beyond. I'm your host, Dr. Natalie Crawford, and I am a fertility physician and co-founder of Fora Fertility in Austin, Texas. We will talk about a wide range of topics, including the menstrual cycle, your hormones, infertility, IVF, mental health, and well, beyond. So join us and become part of the community of collaboration that amplifies others as a woman. This podcast has been brought to you by Podcast Nation.